He gave him a bump, feet out in front, the big save by Leonard. Closing to his right, puck goes around behind the goal. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Colasar again down low, right side he shoots, knocked down, Theodore fires, and he scores! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Making it happen in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio, Millard, Chapman, Wallace, all a buzz with a three-game winning streak for the Vegas School Knights and back to 500 after eight games. How much better does everybody feel as they embark on a four-game road trip tomorrow night in Toronto, and then it's a date against Ottawa on Thursday and a weekend doubleheader Saturday and Sunday. The only time this year that the Vegas School Knights will play on both a Saturday and Sunday. It's Montreal to start and then uh, wrapping up the four-game road trip against the Detroit Red Wings. So no VGK Insider Show this week on Tuesday and Thursday, preempted uh, by Ryan Wallace and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, pregame show. Uh, looking forward to this road trip because there's some winnable games there, but knowing that there's injuries that continue to uh, linger and more injuries on the horizon uh, based on a report today, that uh, William Carlson may miss uh, uh, some time. We'll get the lowdown from uh, Pete DeBoer and company tomorrow as the Golden Knights uh, gather in Toronto for the morning skate before their date against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But uh, before we get into looking ahead, our ratings for Friday's thrilling back-and-forth game against the Anaheim Ducks in which it looked like a complete takeoff of what Dallas and Vegas went through on Wednesday night. You see what we- I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. That wasn't even close to being perfectly timed. Uh, Vegas withstood the barrage against Dallas and made the Stars pay, and then it appeared like somehow Anaheim was going to be able to pull off uh, a repeat of that on Friday. Yeah, it uh, it certainly did. Um I I will go with the rating of Habanero. And Ooh. I'm going Habanero right in the middle because while I liked a lot of what the Golden Knights did in that game, getting out to an early lead, building on the lead, putting the game essentially away for not a 4 to 1 uh midway through the third period, I really really would have liked to have seen that team clamp things down and not allow Anaheim to get back into the game. But you got to give some credit to the Ducks. They fought. They were able to find a way to get that one tied up. And then I like the fact that the Golden Knights were able to win it in a shootout. I just I can't go above a three when you, you know, in essence, blow a three-goal lead in the third period. Yes, you get the two points. Yes, you understand all the all the, you know, extracurriculars surrounding this team with with injuries. But you're you're up four to one. I want to see them close that out to get a higher rating. But Habanero for me. That is what the Golden Knights got in the game. Chapman. I'm actually going to go with Ghost. Ghost Pepper. Like Pete DeBoer said, it was, it was like five what, games. Four, four out of five? Four out of five. Yeah, he, he said it's, it was like five games in one. Look, I, I understand a lot of what Ryan said, but the only reason that, that, that the Golden Knights did not have four or five goals in that first period was because John Gibson was absolutely out of his mind in that first, first period. He was peppered. No pun intended. Oh, 
Been sitting on that with, all week. Yeah, I, I was I was <laughs> waiting since Friday to say that John Gibson was peppered. The so golden, pun well, intended. Then no, no, I, I was just rolling along with Darren's uh, joke. But uh, so so yeah, they, they 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 did allow the Ducks back into the game. But here's the thing: on the Troy Terry goal, which was Anaheim's second goal, that that came after a dominant shift in the offensive zone by the Golden Knights. Puck took a, a, a really goofy bounce off the end boards and just kind of to the stick of one of the Ducks. I don't think they get back into the game if that doesn't go in. I mean, it was a great goal by Troy Terry. I mean, he, you just got to give credit sometimes, and, and that was one of those plays where it was just a phenomenal play by, by Troy Terry. But the Golden Knights dominated the first 30 minutes of that game. That game was over for all intents and purposes, and the only reason it wasn't over was because of the play of John Gibson. Sometimes you just got to give credit to the other, the other other team's goalie. I thought it was a good win. It would have been disappointing if they didn't get the two points, but they did get the two points. So I don't care about the the, the little things. Three out of five, a four out of five, and I will keep the uh, progression going with a Carolina Reaper, a five out of five. Based on two points and Robin Leonard wins in a shootout, I don't care anything about the rest of the game. Nothing about the rest of the game. Robin Leonard goes out there. He had the first shot in the, in the shootout and then shut the door. Robin Leonard coming up big in that situation, uh, a situation in the part of the game that uh, he's not very comfortable with, and his, uh, his uh, opinion on it has been made very public over the years, going back to his Chicago days when he uh, consulted with fans about what he should do differently because things were going so sideways uh, in, in the shootout. Robin Leonard winning the shootout in that game, done. Carolina Rupert. And and I will go a step further. Any game in which Robin Leonard wins in a shootout this year is an automatic Carolina Reaper for me. Five out of five. Wow. For someone that doesn't like spicy food, you sure like to hand out Carolina Reapers like they're candy. Wow. Is that is that the second or third one you've given out? Third. Th- that's oh the, we're that's we're the like seven one. games yeah. into the no, season. Every, <laughs> Chapman, every win is a Carolina Reaper. I think so. Yeah. Based on what I've seen, <laughs> no. Like oh, I didn't give a Carolina Reaper for game number one yeah, Seattle. Uh, against the Seattle Kraken. Okay. Boy, they must feel terrible, don't they? Like, they just dodged one before I got in this Carolina Reaper role. I don't, I well, don't, in, in fairness, I don't think we had the rating yeah. system set in place yet, so yeah. you couldn't actually give them a Car- Carolina Reaper for that game. Well, you have another opportunity on November 9th to give the Seattle Kraken game a Carolina Reaper. Don't worry. We'll have, like, three or four Carolina Reapers between now and then. <laughs> well, they are playing Ottawa and Toronto. I, I talked to a coach that uh, has gone through Seattle, by the way, and just asked about the environment at Climate Pledge Arena. Mm-hmm. And I was told it's pretty good, but it's no Vegas. That was the that was the response I got. It's pretty good, but it's no Vegas. So I think that uh, that uh, is great. Uh, just a, a nice little pat in the back. So I'll even give the Vegas environment a Carolina Reaper for I'm, I'm handing them like I'm Oprah right now. Everybody gets Carolina Reaper. It's a five out of five. Like the way the way that went down the other night. Did you not feel great about uh, for Robin Leonard? Yeah, I mean, I I love the fact that Robin won the game in a shootout. I love the fact that he was able to shut the door 
for uh, three consecutive times to to make sure that the Golden Knights were able to secure that second point. Um, you're absolutely right. Like uh, 100%, I think that's awesome, but I, I'm not going to ignore the final nine minutes of regulation uh, where the Golden Knights had the game in hand and, and were fortunate to get to a shootout. They sure, sure sounded like they ran out of gas. Yeah. But based on what uh, what we were hearing from, from the head coach, and that's not surprising. I, I know no. Anaheim was the team that played the night before, but Vegas went with a short bench on Wednesday or, or Tuesday, a really short bench on Wednesday, and then had to pull it all out uh, and scratch and claw. And uh, that was the game in which uh, whatever injury that, uh, that William Carlson has, uh, he suffered. Although William Carlson played right to the end and played two yeah. shifts in overtime. Uh, so whatever he's he dealt with either happened right at the end of the game or he played through. Uh, Either or, but uh, but they were they were done. They were on empty as of Friday night. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and you know that's that's another part of the adversity faced for the Golden Knights, and and certainly the the travel of that week, the injuries that they ran into that week for sure. Um, but again, I I'm looking at it from from my perspective. Yes, I'm I'm all about the shootout win for Robin Leonard. Yes, I'm all about getting back to 500. I'm all about the two points. But the game itself was very entertaining. If you're a Golden Knights fan, I think you want that 4-1 lead against the Anaheim Ducks to hold up in regulation. The other part about uh, why I consider it a great performance and success for the Vegas Golden Knights is the four goals that they scored in regulation. That's that's a high for this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. A, a lot went right, and, and being able to... to Win the game is of uh, of importance, but that process that we talk about, process, process uh, that we discuss, breaking out and scoring scoring the four goals in regulation and getting some goals from from different people. Like Will Carrier, I'm a broken record. Riley Smith scores on another breakaway. Nick Hag, hammer time, mm-hmm. and Chandler Stevenson, who has turned into this team's top producer. Yeah, nine points in eight games for Chandler Stevenson, seven of which are without Pacioretty and Stone. So, uh, listen, like this is a guy that's taken his his opportunity and really ran with it. Like I I appreciate what Chandler Stevenson is doing night in and night out for the Golden Knights, and you know I think it's really interesting how in the game on Friday there was one Golden Knight player who did not have a shot on goal going into that third period, and that was Chandler Stevenson. And, oh, by the way, he scores on his first shot of the game and then adds an assist about three minutes later. Like, Chandler makes the most out of these pockets of time where he's able to to get a little bit of time and space because of his speed, and he did it on Friday. And being recognized by his teammates, Jonathan Marcheseau, Pete DeBoer, uh, after the game on Friday, uh, very uh, happy, not just for the success that Chandler Stevenson is enjoying right now, but the fact that, uh, I think it was Marsh. So, and to, I'm not going to quote him, but uh, uh, to to try and put his words uh, uh, out there for you is was that he's all Marsh. So said he's happier that it's happening without Patcheretti and Stone because it gives everybody an appreciation that he can carry the ball and he's not just riding shotgun with those two wingers. Yeah, 100. percent And I think that this become this brings you a more confident Chandler Stevenson when you do get Patch Ready and Stone back. It allows for I think all three guys to to really be 
capable and, and pushing the engine. And, you know, for me, like, we all know how good Stone is. We all know how good his patch ready is. We know how good that trio is. But uh, a more confident Chandler Stevenson might just push that, that line to new heights when everyone gets back and everyone's healthy. We have tickets to give away for uh, the game against the Seattle Kraken. Which caller would you like to uh, have win those tickets? And that game is next Tuesday. Ooh. What caller? Well, it's the, the uh, Seattle Kraken, so it has to be caller number 32, right? 32. Makes sense. Uh, give us a call at 702-876-1340. Uh, we, uh, we're not taking a break here, but we are going to make uh, Chapman uh, answer these calls. You'll hear him in the background going, one, two, three, four, as he answers the calls and, uh, and hangs up on people. The, listen, he can hang up on people when they're calling in for things, but he forgets to hang up with them when, they, uh, when we open the phone. But it's a Seattle game next Tuesday. On uh, November 9th, we have two tickets uh, to give away. So call us, 702-876-1340, caller number 32. You'll hear Chapman in the background just ripping through the numbers as uh, we continue to talk. Four-game road trip coming up. Starts in Toronto tomorrow night. Then it's Ottawa on Thursday, Montreal Saturday, Hockey Night in Canada, and then a quick turnaround, uh, back-to-back scenario, finish off the four-game road trip against the Detroit Red Wings on Sunday. Uh, if William Carlson is not available, and uh, we have no reason to uh, believe that their reports are inaccurate, if William Carlson uh, can't go, uh, that leaves you without a long list of players uh, and a continuing long, growing list of players. Uh, we have uh, Michael Amadio claimed off waivers. Uh, he should be able to go. Uh, and, you know, we also have Hutton. Uh, that uh, that might be able to step into the lineup as well. Uh, where are we in trying to assess the Golden Knights' possibility of bringing home two points to eight points? I'm putting it right, right. Maybe maybe a little bit better than right in the middle. I'm going to go five points, five out of eight on this road trip for the Golden Knights. I think is absolutely doable. The Toronto Maple Leafs are a team right now that is is playing. I don't want to say playing scared, but they just aren't the same offense. Played better the last two, though. They, they have. Yes, you're absolutely right. But there is something about this team and not putting teams away when they have an opportunity. The, the game that they played against the Detroit Red Wings should not have ever been as close as it was in the end. That, to me, is, is not the best sign in the world for Toronto. Toronto, um, they're just not the same team as they were last year. I just firmly believe that. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how this game goes between the Golden Knights and Toronto. But I, I do think Toronto, Toronto is a game that the Vegas Golden Knights can get a point out of or win. Um, you know, beyond that, I, I look at Ottawa, I look at Detroit, I look at Montreal, and I, I think that all of those games for the Golden Knights are games that they can win. Now, Detroit's been much better, much improved this year, a harder out for sure. And the same thing can be said about the Ottawa Senators. The Montreal Canadiens have been a train wreck all year long. So for the Golden Knights, I think there's a certain amount of retribution you want to um, exude on the Montreal Canadiens. That, to me, is a must-win type of game for the Golden Knights. You want to go into Montreal. You want to beat that team because they stopped your season last year. So that right there, between Toronto and Montreal, I think that's about three points. And you've just got to find a way against Ottawa or uh 
against Detroit, and I think the Golden Knights can win one of those two games for sure. If it was the healthy Vegas Golden Knights going on this road trip, I'd say six out of eight. Lock it up. And that allows for it's very difficult to uh, to run a road trip. And you've got the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, who should be a good team. You don't know what you're going to get night to night, but uh, it, it, it allows for some wiggle room. Uh, a, a little bit of uh, just the other team to step up and, and play a good game. Six out of eight points, no-brainer. Now that they're so beat up, how much do you knock that down? How much do you take uh, the injuries into consideration when you're going on a road trip? Well, I, based on, on where Montreal is, and they've got our, our friend Jake Allen. Uh, he can he did this to, to San Jose the other day. Uh, he can steal a game. Uh, Ottawa's been better, but a little hit and miss, either on or off. And Detroit uh, will will they come back down to earth? I'll go. I'll go four. If if Vegas can can come back five hundred from the road trip, going out on a three game winning streak and and four and four through the first eight, if if they can return home after twelve games, a five hundred record with all the injuries that they've sustained. I'd be uh, I'd be perfectly content with that, and that's a big different uh, difference from where they would be if they were healthy. In my expectations, yeah, that's fair. I, I four to five. I, I I still look at this road trip as as one where I think the Golden Knights can maybe pick up an extra point here and there above the where they are five hundred. So, um, you. You, the goal is 500, but there are going to be pockets where the Golden Knights can pick up maybe a couple of extra points. I think this road trip here is one of them. Michael Mario uh, claimed off waivers. What do you think? What do you know? What can you tell us? So the the interesting thing with Amadio is uh, against the Golden Knights, he's caught four points in 11 games. That is uh, one of the teams that he is most productive against. So <laughs> you don't have to worry about Amadio uh, scoring goals against the Vegas Golden Knights oh, anymore. He's, he's good now strategy. a part of the team. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good player. I, I think that it's a player that, that is looking to you know just get an opportunity to, to play above his role. And with this Golden Knights team, he he's going to have a, a heck of an opportunity with the information that we, you know, we have on Stone and Pacioretty and in the reports that we got today on William Carlson. This proves to be an interesting couple of weeks for Michael Amadio and and how he can acclimate to the Golden Knights. Yeah, uh, waivers is a really tough spot for a National Hockey League player because yeah. uh, you, you, I mean you're you're placed on uh, available list for anybody in the National Hockey League, and if you're like uh, Patrick Brown, you picked up, and all of a sudden, boom, you're moving across the country. And I, I always feel players that are traded, that's difficult. Waivers just adds a, another element to it, an extra 15 20% of pain in the butt uh, part of it. But uh, Amadio, uh, he, he's familiar. He's played in Vegas. He played for the LA Kings. He, he knows this, this environment. I, I actually think he kind of fits the mold right now of what this team is doing. In just trying to to forecheck, be hard on uh, puck, not like physical, physical, because we've seen that the, they're they're not as physical as, as they've been in the in years past. But uh, hounding that puck, and, and he fits that mold, and being able to execute that game plan, coachable player, and and Ben Hutton. I'm I'm curious to see what Ben Hutton uh, when he gets into a game. I don't know whether it's going to be tomorrow night uh, or not, but uh, but it's nice. I'm sure the coaching staff. 
knowing what's going on with the Henderson Silver Knights and the injuries there are going to be able to have some National Hockey League players to lean on instead of talking somebody through their first NHL game or their first couple of NHL games. 100%. I think there's there's something to be said for the experience that Amadio brings to the table, the experience that Ben Hutton brings to the table, assuming um, you know Hutton gets into, into a game here soon. Um, I think we all expect Amadio to be in the lineup for the Golden Knights tomorrow just based on the rash of injuries up front that Vegas has, has sustained. But you're, you're absolutely right. You, you need to rely on experience here. And, and for a Golden Knights team that has to play the right way in order to win hockey games, like they've got to be on the right side of the puck, they have to make sure that they are, are, are all kind of moving in the right direction, um, you lean on experience in, that, in those moments. And, and I think that's why you saw the Golden Knights go out pluck Amadio off of waivers and he's going to be put into a, a position where you know it's a it's a good opportunity and and opportunities in this league don't come very often so let's see what Amadio can do with it and a great situation for him as good as it can be when you're picked up off waivers mm-hmm. is the Golden Knights roll in there on Saturday they claim him because they went out early to get uh, used to the time change and a couple of practices in and just uh, to almost uh decompress after the uh, the craziness of the three games and four nights and the, uh, the uh, leaning on people so much. So they roll into Toronto on Saturday, pick up Amadio off waivers, and he just, like, checks into the hotel with the team. <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about, like, getting to the airport, being picked up at the airport, joining a new team on the road. <coughs> he just he just goes over and, uh, and checks into the hotel, and, and then he's got a couple of days to, to hang out with the guys. Yeah, it's it's actually a really good situation if you're looking at it from that perspective. Uh, because Amadio was with the Toronto Maple Leafs, it it makes it very easy on the transaction to to allow the the Golden Knights and Amadio to to connect together in Toronto. And you know, I I don't usually do this, but I I think I've got an idea of where I'm going with my night to shine tomorrow. That's really? All say. Oh yeah, come on. Little heads up. Come on. Come on. Remember when Chandler Stevenson was acquired? I do. Chapman, you went uh, you went through that uh, the other day. I don't think it was on the air, but uh, didn't Chandler Stevenson? He was in San Jose with Washington. Oh no, that wasn't me. And I... then had to fly. Oh, it was somebody else. It was a good point. Uh, I wanted to give. <laughs> I was trying to give you a compliment. Yeah, well, well, but I, but I'm I'm honest, and I don't want to steal someone else's thunder. Uh, maybe maybe back gross. and forth across the country. Maybe they're listening, and and you know, I don't I don't want them to be like. That Chapman taking credit for my point. I don't do that. I'm not that guy. But he was with Washington in San Jose, is acquired, goes and meets the team in New Jersey right before uh, the Vegas Golden Knights played the New Jersey Devils. His head was all over the place, uh, spinning. And then he went back to Washington uh, when the Golden Knights returned home, picked up his stuff, and then went to Vegas. This is way easier. Much easier. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Audio. I, again, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes shakes out. I'm curious to see what the lines are going to look like for the Golden Knights, and that's going to be the other the other part of this equation is the the relied upon line without Stone and Patcheretti in the lineup has been the Misfits. It has been Carlson, Marcheso, and Smith, and now you subtract you know one of those players. I 
I don't imagine you're going to split up Marcia So and Smith. I think you're just putting or putting a, a center in between those two guys. And the question I have is, hey, who is will it? it be Amadio or will it be Nick Waugh? Those are kind of the two questions I'm interested in tomorrow. I go Nick Waugh. What about you? I, I think it's Nick Waugh. I think Amadio goes to the third line and, you know, wouldn't be a bad idea to get him some reps with Evgeny Dodonov and with Keegan Kolasar. So then who goes with Stevenson? I don't think they changed that, right? They, they've won three games in a row. It's going to be Carrier and Krebs. All right. And Amadio? <coughs> Amadio with, with Kolasar and Dodonov. And that leaves? Your fourth line is going to be Howden, Lecision, and Ron Bjerg, depending on whether or not anyone else is, is getting healthy for the Golden Knights. Wow. Making it up moving pieces around and trying to win hockey games, and they've won three in a row. Awesome yep. job. Uh, very cool. We'll see if uh, that's the way it works out. It's the BGK Insider Show. One-timers coming up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the BGK Insider Show. All right, let's get into it. Uh, the three stars of the week. Jacob Markstrom of the Calgary Flames. Uh, he's pretty much perfect every night. I didn't know what the Flames were going to be. I was on record saying I couldn't figure out if they were good, bad, or indifferent. They've been great to start, tied for first in the Pacific Division. The second and third stars went to Drake Batherson of the Ottawa Senators, who can score. The issue for the Senators this year has been keeping the puck out of their net and their number one goaltenders hurt again. So maybe that's not a big surprise. And Alex Kalorn of the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. So those are your three stars of the week. A Flames goalie, a Senator, and then a Tampa Bay Lightning. Hmm. I don't, I, like how many people had that? Maybe the Lightning part, but I'm not sure well, the flame of the Senator. Uh, the times they are a change in Darren. And we're all just uh, along for the ride. New York Rangers have locked up the reigning Norris Trophy winner, Adam Fox, to a seven-year extension. Yep. What do you think of the money? I think Adam Fox is really, really good. So I, I don't care about the money. I I think it's fantastic. Like, listen, he's, he's a number one defenseman in this league. He's already got a Norris Trophy. He's so, so good and just makes plays everywhere uh, I think he's going to outperform the 9.5 million dollars uh, average annual value over the course of the seven years and I think it's a really smart decision to lock him up right now seven years 9.5 million because he's going to be that and more for the uh, New York Rangers boy the Toronto Maple Leafs got to deal with Morgan Riley he's not a Norris Trophy winner and I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to win a Norris Trophy but good defenseman and he took uh, in the sevens compared to Adam Fox, who joins that long list of defensemen who signed in the nines. Yeah, I I mean, I'll take Adam, Adam Fox all day long. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm just comparing. Like, there's not $2 million difference between those two. Mm. And all, like, Jones, Wierenski, McAvoy, uh, all in the same kind of range. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would argue that there might be uh, more than $2 million difference between Adam Fox and Morgan Riley. Um, but that's that's just my perspective. I, I Again, I think Adam Fox is going to be one of those defensemen where, you know, in a couple of years we're saying, geez, $9.5 million, that's a steal. In the same way that we're going to look at Kale McCarr's 
uh, contract in the same way. I, I think Adam Fox is right there. Uh, for me, Morgan Riley, like the number's fine. I, I think that that's probably okay for the player and, and it's good for the organization. Um, but I, I don't view him in the same way that I do Adam Fox. I just don't. Played three years at Harvard. So he took his time. I, I don't mm -hmm. know whether he played the three years at Harvard though because he was interested in playing three years at Harvard or whether he wanted to become a free agent and had uh, aspirations of becoming a free agent. Remember, he was originally selected yeah. by Calgary. Yeah. Didn't want to play there. Yeah, I, I think that there was certainly uh, um, an element of shrewdness to his to his uh, playing in, in college for as long as he did. Uh, other news to tell you about Cole Caulfield. Remember him from the Montreal Canadiens run to the Stanley Cup final last year? I do. He was uh, everything? Yep. He's now in the American Hockey League. One assist in the first 10 games for Caulfield, despite being among the team leaders in shots on goal. So the puck's just not falling for him right now. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I know that this is a big headline, right? Because it's, it's a guy that burst onto the scene last year with essentially no pressure on him and was able to perform in, at the end of the regular season and throughout the playoffs. But, um, you know, for, for a guy who is looked upon to score goals, if the puck's not going in, better to work through that, I think, in the AHL as opposed to the NHL, especially when you're on a team in the Montreal Canadiens that just are not winning many hockey games right now. So um, overall, I think it'll it'll end up benefiting Cole Caulfield, but certainly a disappointing start to the season for him. I think it's a great decision, and it's even better. One of those ones where, like Vegas and Henderson, you can send him down for a couple of games. Uh, Montreal's affiliate is in Laval, uh, Montreal, uh, basically. So it's he doesn't have to move. He doesn't have to like pack up or anything he continues to do his same thing from a from a life perspective he just goes and plays uh, in, in a different rink practice in a different rink and gets uh, gets his confidence back i think it's it's a really positive decision for a young man who we've seen him when he's confident and mm -hmm. remember the comment uh, regarding uh, robin leonard yeah and like he he does not lack uh uh the the confidence to be able to walk into a room and have some swagger so i i think he'll, he'll be fine but that team where that club is right now it's probably a good idea to just get some space yeah no i agree 100 percent. ryan getzlaff all-time ducks scoring leader in a, a win against the aforementioned montreal canadians getzlaff passed forward tamo solani when he picked up an assist uh, in that game. And Getzlaff is now the all-time leading scorer for a franchise. Congratulations, Ryan. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, you know, you you start, you look at the Ducks, you think about the Ducks. There are a couple of names that, that springboard to the front of your mind. Paul Correa, Timu Solani, um, J.S. Jaguar, if you are really focused in on goaltending, Scott Niedermeyer. But... Um, you know, Ryan Getzloff is, is kind of right there in, in that he's been with that organization uh, his entire career, and he's really been kind of that that holdover from the cup-winning team to the here and now and the present. So it's, it's a lot to do with his legacy. It's a lot to do with his longevity and staying power. 
um, and just how good he's been for so, so many years um, as an Anaheim Duck. Well, well done, well earned, and uh, push that number to a thousand. Let's go. Acceptable or foul? I heard an announcer refer to Patrick Liney as he streaked up the ice the other night as the finish flash. Accepted or um, foul? Yeah, that's that. That's not good. That's, that's foul. foul. That's that's stinky. Foul. Not at all okay. There's only one finish flash. I'm right. sorry. That's it. You can't do it. No, not allowing it. I was sour, and I stated oh, yeah. my sourness in the middle of the living room, mm-hmm. and uh, and Jen looked at me like, "Why are you losing your mind over something like that?" Well, how like. It explained to me like losing your mind. Was it just like I can't believe this, or did you like throw a humongous stink about it? Yeah, it's probably somewhere in the middle. Like you can't do that. There's only one finished flash. Like why? Mm-hmm. Why would you call him the finished flash? Yeah, and he's, it's not like he he can skate okay, but it's not even like he's super fast. <laughs> it's there's, there's one finished flash. It's Timo Solani. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I hate I hate to agree with you so much, but I I think that your take on who is and who isn't the Finnish Flash is uh, well well taken, well made, good job, then well I done, went, Darren. Then I went like, there's only one great Gretzky. You can't call somebody else the great Gretzky. And she said, well, first of all, it, like there's not like two Gretzkys. I know there's well, Brent and there's Keith and stuff, but you wouldn't you wouldn't call somebody who wasn't named Gretzky great Gretzky. And I'm like, yeah, that was a bad example. Damn. Wasn't it the isn't it the great one? Yeah, the great one. But the great, I was, I used great Gretzky and I should have used great one instead. How about the yeah. San Jose Sharks with all the players that were put were. into uh, COVID protocol and still beat the Winnipeg Jets in the weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, San Jose seems to be a team that uh, is finding ways to win. And, um, that's only good for for San Jose. Like, I, clearly, it's not it's not something that anybody wants to hear here. Uh, but y- you find ways, and you y- you put together enough of those wins early on in the season where everyone counts you out. Everyone thinks you're not going to do much or amount to much, and we can see it snowball. So, um, good on the San Jose Sharks for finding a way in some pretty tough circumstances to come away with two points. They had seven players out with COVID. That that's what. Vegas is doing every night. It's just not COVID. Seven sure. players out. Sure. Going, going yeah. through that. The Department of Player Safety Department has come down uh, with a decision <laughs> regarding Cedric Paquette. That makes me giggle every time I say it. Uh, suspended two games. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bad hit. It was terrible. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a garbage hit. Like, I, I mean, there's not really much else to say about it. Um, I, I really like Trevor Zegras. I love watching him play. Um, yeah, it was a bad hit, and you know I, I would have been fine with maybe you know one more game, but two games, sure, let's go, that's fine. There's a couple of hits on the weekend. One Minnesota and Colorado. There was a dangerous hit in that game, and Nathan McKinnon came over and fought in <laughs> in that game. You weren't watching that game by any chance, were you? I'm not gonna tell I- you. I was not. Okay. So Nathan McKinnon comes over and they throw down. They have a fight. Mm-hmm. Here's how it works out. There's a five-minute major for, for the hit to mm-hmm. the to the Minnesota Wild. But the Minnesota Wild are like, 
okay, this won't be bad because McKinnon will get the instigator. Sure. And will will only be will only be shorthanded for three minutes, and McKinnon won't be out there at all because he's got the five minute major for fighting and the instigator. Right. Don't the referees go and just give the two players in the altercation two minutes each for roughing? <laughs> so now it's now it's a full five minute power play for the Colorado oh. Avalanche, and McKinnon gets to come out after two minutes and participate in the power play. And ladies and gentlemen, it was a full fledged fight. I actually wow. went back and forth with uh, Dean Evison after the game, uh, just texting uh, about it. I'm like, well, I, I can't imagine your frustration uh, with, with that. Chapman and I, like, we've had altercations where people would have given us five minutes for fighting, and we haven't even thrown punches. This was like legitimate punches thrown. Uh, Colorado only scored once on the power play, and it was. Uh, before McKinnon got out, so really it was moot at the end. But I was I was shocked by it. The other hit occurred in uh, a St. Louis game in which a stick got caught in the tuck blade of a, of a yep. player's boot, and it was totally accidental. It was the Chicago mm-hmm. St. Louis game, which uh, Mark Andre Fleury lost a heartbreaker, one nothing. But boy, it was absolutely weird and nothing premeditated. But it could have been nasty. Yeah, the 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 St. Louis information or the news over the weekend for me is Jordan Binnington wanting to fight Nazem Kadri. Like that's that's really the thing that stood out to me most. Did about you wave St. a Louis stick over, over his weekend. head? Yeah, yeah. I loved it. He doesn't want to fight Nazem Kadri. Yeah, he does. Oh, no, yes, he, he does. doesn't. Absolutely. No, no, no. He does. He seems he like the guy who will go instigate and then skate away, like he did well, the he, other night. He does every time, but I, I think that like there's a short list of people that. I think Jordan Bennington actually does want to fight, and Nazem Kadri's probably at the top. Guaranteed. There. After what he, happened in the playoffs last he, year? Here's the thing. He may tell himself that he wants to fight Nazem Kadri. At the end of the day, he would never drop the gloves because Kadri would beat the snot out of him. Those those are two very, very separate things. Yes, well... Do, then, I, believe, do I believe that Jordan Bennington wants to fight Nazem Kadri? Yes. No. Do he, I think it'll ever happen? No, because of what you mentioned. Like, he'll he'll try to instigate the fight, and then he'll skate away, because that's what Jordan Binnington so I heard does. This, I heard this story that why people don't want or won't fight Jordan Binnington. Because, why is that? Because you can't take your helmets off to fight in the National mm-hmm. Hockey League. Yeah. And yeah. nobody wants to, to punch him because he's got a mask on. Makes sense. Like, I think it's garbage. I think it's total <laughs> cop-out. If you want to fight somebody, you go fight him. Yeah, well, he, like, that, that, what are you going to hit, Darren? What are you going to punch? You you rip the mask off. He, if you grab a hold of that cage, uh-huh. and and twist his head around, that'll hurt <laughs> sure. as much as a as a as a punch. But but getting back to this, he doesn't. Like I said, he could say no, he that does he, want to do it. Saying you want to do it actually and actually to. wanting to do it are two different things. Why, why don't Why don't you think somebody will fight him? Because he's had plenty of chances well, no, no, and nobody I, will fight him. No, I, don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's a, a somebody else thing. I think it's a Jordan Bennington thing. He's done everything he can yeah, to fight, and he, nobody will fight because him because he he is he 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 could have fought uh, uh, the goalie the other night, right? Who who was it? That Darcy was, Kemper. At the, Darcy Kemper was were, was waiting for. Yeah, him. But they were flipping. They were just having fun. No, Kemper would have. Kemper would have dropped the gloves with them. He didn't want to do it. He wouldn't come across the red line. Yeah, yeah. Red Rover. So, so if Jordan <laughs> Bennington Rover. wants it bad enough, go over there. Yeah, but he doesn't want it bad enough. Because they're backups in COVID protocol. Oh, that's not good. 
Yeah, yeah they had Mike McKenna out there yesterday. Uh, <laughs> oh, did they? Yeah, I didn't hear that. He was that. doing practice with them. Oh, Jordan Bennington. So many almosts when it comes to dropping the gloves. I want to see it happen. I want to see him fight, but I just don't think he can say listen, he wants to, but deep down he doesn't want listen, to. Because if he did, he would have done it already. If a goalie, no, he'll, he'll, if somebody he'll, swings a stick above my head the way Jordan Bennington did, uh-huh. <laughs> well, do something. And then, and then Kadri got the penalty. Then do it. something. It's amazing. Well, he shouldn't have been around there anyway. He was just you, you provoking know, it. You know when Jordan Bennington will fight in the Olympics? Ooh. Yeah. Well, I can, he look at his record right now. Is he not the, the, the best goaltender for Team Canada? Oh, he's having a good season, yeah. Yeah, probably. That's probably. heartbreak for you, Darren. Well, especially because the guy in Edmonton is hurt still, right? He'll be back. He'll be back. What oh, about boy. this? What about this for a Team Canada goaltending group? Darcy Kemper, Jordan Bennington, Mike Smith. Jordan Bennington's the best of the bunch. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, he, he, yeah. He's won a cup. Uh, those are your one-timers for this Monday. So did Anthony Emmy. November's in on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well played. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Tomorrow afternoon, we've got the pregame show, 3 o'clock. Vegas Golden Knights getting set to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then Ryan Wallace will hand it off to Dan Duva and Gary Lawless for the game against the Maple Leafs to start off a four-game road trip. Uh, No BGK Insider Show Tuesday or Thursday this week as the Golden Knights uh, face the Leafs and then the Ottawa Senators. Catching up with Chapman. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you guys saw it. I I tweeted out about it over the weekend, but... uh... It was in the Columbus and the New York Rangers game. Igor Shosturkin had earned, I will use the word earned. It was 4 nothing with 15 seconds to go when Elvis Merzlikens called off the troops. He basically told his, his players on the Blue Jackets not to, to mount a front to try to score a goal. And he, he basically raised his stick in the air and saluted Shosturkin for an outstanding performance. And people were getting on the case of the Columbus Blue Jackets and... Elvis Merzlikens saying, "Ah, we don't care about sportsmanship. We don't care about nodding your, your, your tipping your cap to your opponent. They should have played those final 15 seconds and tried to score. That's just ridiculous. If Brad Larson had wanted the Blue Jackets to score, Merzlikens wouldn't have been in the game, and they would have had a six on five. Great I've, job. I've never seen it before. It, I thought it was it was a really cool gesture to a goalie who played outstanding game. One goalie to another, I think it's perfectly fine. I've never seen it before. I'm just here for the Shesterkin shutouts. <laughs> He's making it happen right now for the New York Rangers. Pre-game show tomorrow at 3 on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights trying to make it four in a row as they kick off a four-game road trip.